I don't normally preach um, thematic messages. We're usually in series. But as I be began preparing, looking towards the holiday season that was coming up, Lord really laid some things on my heart and, and uh, some themes that we really need to discuss, talk about, and be reminded of. And uh, for today, our, our sermon is called And In Conclusion. It's the last <coughs> Sunday of the year. If you've uh, if, if, you are, uh, if, if you've been here at New Life for the year, you've had 52 opportunities, including today, to come together and worship here in church. I hope they've been beneficial. I hope they've been profitable for you. And I hope that you've grown because of it. A lot has changed. If you look back uh, over the course of this past year, a lot has changed in this church. Maybe a lot has changed in your life. We've had a lot of families add to their families. A lot of children have been born last year. So there's been a lot of changes in our church. There's been a lot of changes. And I think it's important for this year to spend some time looking back and to challenge you to look back. Let's go ahead and read our text. Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 12. Not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. That's a powerful phrase there, by the way. I strive to take hold of this walk with Jesus Christ. I strive to take hold of all the blessings and all the power that is available to, me, available to me as a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I have been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. When you accept that Jesus Christ is your Savior, he got a grip on you. In John chapter 10, verses 28 through 30, we find that we are in Jesus' hand. When we accept him as our Savior, he places us in his hand. And he is in the Father's hand. And nobody can take us out of his hand. That's uh, with, our, with our Baptist area. I know some of you aren't, aren't uh, your history isn't Baptist history, theologically speaking. But that's where we as Baptists get the idea of eternal security. Or once saved, always saved. And, it, it, and that's the challenge I always give to people who want to, to argue that fact. Jesus himself said, I am in his hand and he's in the Father's hand. And nobody can take me out of his hand. No questions. I don't, I don't care what your theology says. That's what Jesus himself said. That's where I get my theology from. But Jesus has a grip on you and has a hold on you. And that's why Paul said, I strive to take hold of this life. I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God uh, by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Winston Churchill said this, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. The courage to continue that counts. Now, for good or bad, 2019 is almost over. Now, it may have been a great year for you. It may have been a terrible year for you. It may have been a year of mixed reviews. It may have been a year of struggle. It may have been a year of <coughs> overcoming, of battles, of renewals, of all kinds of different things. But no matter what, there are two things that are absolutely certain. First, 2019 is almost over. And second, there's nothing that you can do to change the past. There's nothing you can do to change what has happened in 2019. You can't rewrite history. You can, you can 
make yourself think that you've changed the narrative, but the fact of the matter is the truth is the truth, and you can't change the past. But what you can do is, cho is choose to learn the lessons that God tried to teach you this past year and make a plan to ensure that 2020 is as good a year, a better year, or another year of building. We spent most of our year here at New Life talking about our personal walk with Jesus and how we can make ourselves stronger so that we can be better and more effective in witness in our community. That's what we, that's what we talked about most of, most of the year here at New Life, how we as individuals can focus on our personal walk with Jesus Christ and how that personal walk will overflow when we get ourselves connected. Now, this coming year, our, our theme is Life is a Church. And we're going to be talking more about how we can connect with our church and why it's so important. Let me just use a reverse argument here when it comes to that, because it's become very fashionable today for people to walk away from church and say, I don't need church and you don't need, you don't need to be in church to worship God. Well, okay, I understand what you're saying there. Uh, you can worship God anywhere, but if you don't go to church, if you're not a member or not active in a church, then you're not doing what God says. Because okay? he says you need to be a member of a church. But here's my reverse argument for why the church is so important. If the church wasn't so important to this world, and if it wasn't so important in the, for the life of a Christian, then why would Satan be attacking so hard to get people to walk away from it? See what I'm saying? If it's no threat, and we're going to talk about this a little bit in the sermon, if it's no threat to Satan's cause, then why would he fight so hard to destroy it? There must be something there. There must be something important. There must be something powerful that is contained within the church. Now, we've spent this year talking a lot about each one reaching one. And we saw this happen in our church in an amazing fashion. Just allow yourself to go back and think and remember what happened over the course of this year. We literally welcomed thousands of people from our community to our property. Thousands of people who had never been here before. And you say, well, I don't see thousands here now, but at least they know we're here. At least they know that there's a church that cares about their community and wants to be... Listen, those... The, all those hundreds of people that came out for the Easter egg hunt, those people that came out for the car show, the 6,000 people that came out for, um, for the trunk or treat. Those are amazing opportunities. And I'm going to kill myself in this thing. You know what I'm saying? Second time I've bumped into it. Um, but those are amazing opportunities we have to reach out to people in our community. What we're going to be doing this morning is asking ourselves, what have I done with what God has given me this year? Have I taken the opportunities to do what God has called me to do? You know what it, you know what it says to me as I drove up to get uh, my drink for this morning uh, to Duncan? I noticed something, and it, it hits me a lot on Sunday mornings, especially on a Sunday morning like today. There are so many people out that have on Sunday morning that have no intention at all of going to church. They have zero intention of, at all of going to church. It's not even in their thought process. And I want to change that. 
And by doing the things we did as a church, corporately as a church, we gave people the opportunity, the option to see that there is an option. There is a choice on Sunday morning. You can choose to just do your own thing. You can choose to come to church. There is a place that is concerned and wants, concerned about your life and, and wants to welcome you in. We saw results from our outreach. As we saw new people added to our church numbers and we watched our church grow. We expanded our reach on social media, which enables us to reach more people with the message of Jesus Christ. Check this out. Now, they just happen to be here. How, how long of a flight is it to New Zealand? 20 hour flight. That's a long flight, man. That's a long flight. I remember when I flew to Korea in the army, it was a long, it was like a 14 hour flight. I can't imagine 20 hours. That's a long flight. That's thousands of miles. It literally is on the other side of the world, right? It's on the bottom of the world on the top. And it's, it's summer there, right? Summer there right now. You know that we can instantaneously talk with them while they're down there in New Zealand? That's crazy. That's insane. That's, that, that just boggles my mind. That they can be that far away from us and we can have a conversation as if they're sitting right next to us. That's technology. And we have been blessed with an assistant pastor who saw the, saw the importance of it and sold me on the importance of it and then sold the church on the importance of it. And now because of our outreach through social media, we are reaching literally hundreds if not thousands of people every week with the ministry of New Life Church. That's awesome. It's awesome. This year, it expanded greatly. There are churches who don't want to have anything to do with that. I'll tell you what, when we get to heaven, I believe this with all my heart. There are going to be people in heaven that come to us and say, thank you for buying into Facebook Live because I heard about Jesus or I was motivated to grow in Christ and I reached other people because you bought into Facebook Live. You see, God blessed us this past year because of the, the things that we got involved in. So there were, there were great opportunities and, and, and great growth. But we've also hit some obstacles and had some struggles, some quite severe to be honest with you. Had some big struggles this year. And not just in the church, maybe you've had some huge struggles in your life. Maybe this has been a year of, of devastation. Maybe this has been a year of incredible health challenges. Maybe this past year was the year that you, challenged, you were challenged in growth in your faith and you struggled more with your faith this year than ever. Whether through victory or defeat, New life has persevered, and so have you. This church has become stronger and more united, and we now sit on the edge of a new year with the promise of great blessings and outreach and growth. I believe we're a healthy and a functional church. I truly believe that. There was a time where I couldn't say that. Zach and I used to talk about it back then. There was a time where we couldn't say that. But we could say that. We're a healthy and we're a functional church. God has brought some great blessings into our church this year. Some great blessings. Some people who we've needed. Some people who can, who, uh, who, who can help us build the backbone of this church. 
We have outreaches in different languages. We, it, it's just amazing what God has done. But all of that can change in the blink of an eye if we're not careful. Because diligence is a required skill for walking with God successfully. Say that again. Diligence is a required skill for walking with God successfully. And just as it is with reaching our community, keeping a strong and healthy church strong and healthy requires the individual members of the church to keep themselves strong and healthy. And the end of a year is a perfect opportunity, I believe, to remind ourselves of some healthy principles of successfully following Jesus. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Remind you of some success, some healthy principles for following Jesus. And and it kind of goes along with the new year, right? So many people are are making uh, healthy resolutions. I'm going to eat healthy this year. I'm going to do this. Because of the the surgery I've got coming up, I've had to change my eating habits. It's so difficult to change the way you eat, isn't it? So difficult. And uh, I've found out that some food is green. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good when it's green. And not bad at all. And there's some red food, not meat. And uh, found out this week that scallops on this amazing risotto stuff is just phenomenal. Um, shout out to Highbrow. Oof. Oh, goodness. But we're going to be... So if we're, if we're concerned enough about our health to make those kind of resolutions... Why shouldn't we be concerned enough about our walk with the Lord to make some resolutions about our spiritual health? This morning, I want to challenge you to do a personal review of the past year, the good and the bad, and remind yourself of some important things to come. But first, let me give you some real quick facts to remember. First one is this. God wants to continue his good work in your life. Maybe this was a year of challenge, a year of growth, a year of sustainability, a year where you can look back and say, you know what? And it, listen, I don't take this for granted. Maybe you can look back and say, hey, man, it's the last Sunday of the year, and I'm in church. And I was in church at the beginning of the year. That's the first time in my life I've ever been faithful throughout a year. And the first time in my life I've ever started, a, started the year in one church and ended the year in the same church. Maybe you read the Bible through this year. Maybe you were consistent in devotions. So many things that might have happened and might have taken place in your life this year. Remember, what God started in your life this year, he wants to continue. What God continued in your life this year, he wants to continue. Philippians 1.6 tells us, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. What that means is Jesus is willing to continue to work in you and to grow you and to change you and to make you, mold you and make you into the Christian and follower he wants you to be if you're willing. Listen, we've seen people from our church this past year quit. I'm telling you, man, this is going to be honesty today. We've seen people quit. We've seen people who could not take looking at themselves and asking hard questions. We see that every year. Don't be one of them. You've got to to be the person who says to themselves, God, I I want to continue. God promises that if you desire to continue, he will continue. 
If you put in the effort, he'll put in the reward. The second thing is this. No mistake you made this past year has kicked you out of God's favor or God's grace. No mistake you made this past year has kicked you out of God's favor or God's grace. Maybe you had a slip up. Maybe you had a time where you questioned your faith. You questioned the relevance of church. Maybe you're just starting to get back into it and and you're beating yourself up over the fact that you gave up on God. Understand this. You may have given up on God, but he never gave up on you. And nothing you've done has kicked you out of God's favor or God's grace. Well, that's a tough one for me because I'm one of those people who just beats myself up when I make a mistake. I go back over it. Are you like that? I go back over it in my mind. And I just, it just sits there and ruminates in my mind and it marinates in my mind. And, and I have to say, God, come on. You've got to help me get out of this because this is a tough place to be. No mistake you made is kick you out of God's favor or God's grace. The most desperate and pitiful believer is, uh, in Jesus is the one who cannot admit that they've sinned. And cannot move forward. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. He'll forgive anything. The third thing is this. No victory you won last year will sustain you through the next year. No victory that you won last year will sustain you through the next year. Or you might have good memories of it, and it might be motivation, but it will not be sustaining. Just like the food you ate yesterday can't give you the strength for today, the victories of this past year cannot sustain you in your walk with Christ. That's why every day, Paul says, I die daily. Every day I have to give in to Christ. And a fourth thing is this, there will be challenges and battles in the year, in this new year, so you must be prepared. It's a fact. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's coming down the road. There will be challenges and there will be battles in this new year. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are going to be successful, you must be prepared. Somebody in here, I guarantee you, your faith is going to be challenged in a way you never thought it would be this year. Somebody's going to be, uh, you're, going to get, you're going to be betrayed by someone you never thought would betray you. Some of you are going to have great success that could cause you to say... Well, I can do this. Why do I need God? There are challenges ahead. You've got to be prepared. Those challenges, why, and, and why do we need to be prepared? Because one of the reasons, first of all, is because we've got to be able to survive those challenges and thrive in Jesus Christ. But another reason is we've got a generation coming behind us that needs an example. We've got a generation coming behind us that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Did you know that 63% of all teenagers in America today believe that everybody prays to the same God? 63% of all teenagers in America believe that all religions are the same and all people pray to the same God. We just want a young child to Jesus Christ. Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. The, the, the lesson today in the children's ministry is, was on uh, salvation. And uh, one of our second graders just accepted Christ. So that's awesome. It's a great way to end the year. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. All right.
There are a few reminders that I'd like to give you on this last Sunday of 2019 that hopefully will remind you to stop and look back on the road you've traveled this year and see if there's some lessons that you can learn and apply. Now, this is not the fun part of the year, right? It can be, but it's not always fun because we don't always like to look back on the past, especially if it's been painful. But I think, it's vi- I think it's vital, and I think it's important, and I think it's valuable for us to look back on where we've come from so that we can make adjustments we need to, or, or we can, you know, sometimes if you, if you find the right ingredients that make something that you really enjoy, you want to replicate it, right? You want to continue. So I think it's important. So I want to share with you some, some principles that I believe we can apply to our lives that will help us to learn uh, from the past and to be better in the future. The first one is this. Remember, your walk with Jesus, Jesus is a process, not a bullet point. Your walk with Jesus is a process, not a bullet point. Growth is guaranteed, but it's not instantaneous. It's not like, it, it's not like going through a drive through It takes time. It takes effort. It takes commitment. East Long Meadow, we're not allowed to have drive throughs so just do that out. Your walk with the Lord is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it's important to remember that growth is guaranteed, but you must be faithful, and you must be committed, and you must put in the effort. You do not grow in Jesus Christ by osmosis. It doesn't just seep into you. You have to put in the effort. Just because your mother and father were strong Christians doesn't mean you're going to be a strong Christian. You've got to take ownership of your own life, of your own walk, and you've got to put the effort into growing your own faith. Just because you come from a strong Christian heritage does not mean that your family, your home, is going to be a strong Christian home. You have got to put in the effort. Maybe this past year you saw that effort wane a little bit. Maybe this past year you saw that effort, uh, you struggled with it. Or maybe this past year it was a, uh, you, you finally found that time of the day that fit perfectly for you. Where you knew this is when you struggled or this is when you had the time or this is when it worked best for you to read or to pray and you incorporated that. Well, learn and learn from that and follow that pattern because following the right patterns is how we get to success. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these He has given us, given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, Knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Those last, those last few, man, we could look at that whole list and say those are huge challenges for people today. Self-control. Oh my gosh. I, it, one of the things we struggle, we, we work with our boys on right now is uh, be, because there's, they're, they're twins and they're brothers. And you know, if you've got siblings, they fight all the time, right? Anybody, anybody's kids get along all the time? 
I need formula for that. If I need a, medicine, a shot, if I can give it. My boys fight, and, and Gabriel has started this thing. He looks at Gabe, Mike and says, I hate you. Like, oh, man, no, 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 no. We got to chat. We got to chat because we don't do that. We don't, talk, we don't say that in our home. We don't talk to each other like that. That's, that's your brother. You guys have been through things together. They've, they, they've been together since the, since the moment they were born. And we don't need that. We don't need that. There's enough of that out there. But isn't that a symptom of what we have in this world today? I've, I've never seen people. I, I've, I've, listen, I'm 57. I've seen people hate each other. I've seen people go to war. But I've never in my life seen where people are so willing to voice and express their hatred as is in our society today. In Christians as well. We've started another war this week because somebody felt they need to respond to somebody who said something about evangelicals and now the Christian world is in an uproar and it looks really great for the news to be reporting about, how, about the dissension among evangelicals. Thank you very much. How about if we just exercise self-control and not worry so much about what people say about you or think about you? I know it's tough. I know it's tough to not want to respond back. What did the Bible say about Jesus? When he was reviled, he did not respond. When he was attacked, he didn't respond. Because he knew there was a greater purpose and a greater plan that had to be accomplished. And I have to ask myself, as I look back on the way I responded to situations in my life this past year, what work of God did I disrupt because I responded as a human being rather than a follower of Jesus Christ? What work of God did I stop dead in its tracks because I decided to take charge of the matter and not allow God to follow through? You see, I have to remember, and I think it's important for us all to remember, that our walk with Jesus Christ is a process. That means there's got to be changes. There's got to be tweaks to the system. There's got to be, uh, there's got to be uh, adjustments made. Now, I can't go back and change the way I responded in the past. But I sure can make changes to myself so in the future, I'm a better person for it. And I'm a better follower of Christ. And I'm a better husband. And I'm a better father. And I'm a better pastor. And I'm a better friend. See, that's what it's all about. The second thing is this. I think it's important that you remember the work that you put in. Remember the work that you put in. How many of you remember how tired you were the day after the Easter egg hunt? How many of you remember how tired, exhausted, absolutely worn out you were after the, uh, the apocalypse of, the, of the, um, the trunk or treat? I remember, I remember Sunday morning. After that, after that Saturday truck treat, I thought we were shooting an episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I've never seen the show. But it, it, it applied. People were exhausted. But there was a joy that was palpable. People were dead tired because people were here until after 9 o'clock. And then they had to be back in the morning. But there was a joy among the people of New Life that was amazing. 
that you couldn't replace. After, after the, the, the dinner we had for homeless vets and, and the homeless, man, after that, I mean, these, we had kids. My, my boys were exhausted. That takes a lot. But it was an amazing feeling. Remember the work that you put in. Remember the, the time and the effort you put in to serving God this past week. Remember the work you put in to reading your Bible and studying and praying. And remember the results that came because of it. Remember the peace that flooded your heart when you got an answer to prayer that you had been praying for for a long time. Remember the excitement and the joy that you felt when God blessed you with something you didn't know he was going to bless you with. I look back and I remember baptizing my two youngest boys. It's awesome. Awesome. Remember the work you put in. Remind yourself of the feeling of accomplishment. Remind yourself of the personal pride from faithfulness. Remind yourself of the blessing of service. Listen, for some of you who struggle with faithfulness, faithful attendance to church, do you know that you're here on the worst attended day of the year in church? Remind yourself of that. There are churches, literally, there are churches that shut down today because so many people are gone. I can't find that in the Bible, by the way, but I just figured I'd... Remind yourself of, of your, the steps of faithfulness you've taken. Most importantly, remember who you did all that hard work for. Remember who you did. You didn't do it for me. You didn't do it for New Life Church. If you did it the right way, all that hard work, all that effort you put in, you did for Jesus Christ. John 9, 4 says, we must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Knowing that you will receive the reward of inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. Remember who you did all that hard work for. Remember that there is a cause. There is a purpose greater than yourself. And remember this, there are people that, that at least connected. And see, this is why we do the, the bridge events that we do. There are people who have been connected to a church for the very first time in their lives. Now, they may not be coming faithfully yet, but at least a church has been introduced to them. Why did we do that? So that we can say we're the fastest growing church on Westwood Avenue? No. We did it because people are dying and going to hell and they need Jesus. That's why. Remember who you did all that hard work for. Third thing is remember the difficulties you endured. I'm not saying, I'm not saying sit there and, and, uh, and wallow in misery. But remember the difficulties you endured. Remember the struggle you had to go through. Remember this, Satan doesn't attack a graveyard. Sometimes the battles you face in life, the struggles, the challenges you face, are Satan trying to discourage you and trying to break you and trying to keep you from moving forward. Boy, I hate those times. 
But if you're attuned to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I believe there's always a time when Satan will overplay his hand in your life. And you'll see, ah, okay, this isn't because of this. This is because Satan is challenging me to quit. God's allowed him to attack me, but he's challenging me to quit. And I have a choice now. Can I stand up? Am I going to stand up and fight? Or am I going to lay down and take a fall? Remember the difficulties you endured. James 1 verses 2 through 4. This is tough. James says, consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials. <laughs> I, okay. You know what? I'll, I'll try that because the Bible says to, but me, I don't want to. You know what I want to do when trials come my way? I want to complain. I want to walk away. I want to, I want to leave what I'm doing. I don't want sometimes to face those difficulties. And I don't think I'm alone in that. Sometimes I want to handle the situation on my own. You know what I mean? Sometimes I want to deal with the matter in the John way. And I know in my heart that that will cause destruction and damage and more problems to deal with. So I have to bring myself back in check and, and pray and ask God for the grace and the strength to endure those things. But James says, consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The testing of your faith produces endurance. In other words, the struggles you face have a purpose. The difficulties and the challenges in your walk with the Lord have a purpose. And if you can finally see that God is allowing these things in your life to make you stronger... Not just so that you can be stronger and more productive in your own life, but so that you can be stronger for others who are coming behind you. What is the best remedy for a generation of bad children? A generation of good parents. That's absolutely the best remedy. I talked to a teacher in the East Longmeadow school system, and his boy played baseball with my boys, and he said... You know, the biggest challenge today is that parents, a teacher said this, man, parents send their kids to school expecting us to parent them. I have had, if you know me, I'm, I'm honest, I'm as honest to a fault. I have had conversations with teachers in the East Longmeadow public school system telling them, you're not my boy's mother or father. Don't try to be. You teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic. You leave the morality and the ethics up to me. Okay? Because I'm, I'm raising my boy. And, they, and no lie, I'll tell them, I'm raising my boys according to the word of God. And what you're doing right now, and what you're trying to implant in my sons, is not scriptural. Therefore, I don't want it in my boy's life. Well, that snaps him in check real quick. Doesn't make me the most popular person in the PTA, but then I'm not in the PTA, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I take great responsibility for raising my sons, and so should you. 
not my son's, yours. <laughs> the greatest remedy for sin in the world is a godly life. We've got to understand that. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. What God has ahead of us, what God has in store for us, is so much greater and so much, so much to look forward to that what we have to endure in this life should be endurable because we have a heaven to gain. The next thing is this, accept the losses that you suffered. Accept the losses that you suffered. Remember we said, don't rewrite history? Don't rewrite history. Sometimes the best testimony is the testimony of failure. And sometimes the greatest growth is the growth that comes from failure. You have no idea how many people I've been able to talk to, how many Christians I've been able to help in my walk and in their walk because I can relate to them and their failed marriage. I can relate to that. I've been there. And therefore, when I speak, it's not just, and, and I don't, please, I, I don't, I'm not this person that thinks that you have to have been a drug addict to reach a drug addict. But what I'm saying is, if you forget your failures, then you're not going to be able to help people effectively that are going through those same kind of issues. So accept your losses and learn from them, however painful they may be, whether it was your fault or somebody else's. Accept it. I'm not saying be proud of it. I'm not saying brag about it. I'm saying accept it. Take it for what it is. And learn from it. I will say this. There are no acceptable losses, but you must learn to accept your losses. There, there are no acceptable losses, but you must learn to accept your losses. Proverbs 24, 18 says, though a righteous person falls seven times, he will get up. Though a righteous person falls seven times, he will get up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. Which one are you? When it comes to the losses you face, which one are you? Are you willing to accept those losses and learn from them? Or are you willing to cover them over and make them a pothole in the road of your life so that next time you travel that path, because you will, you'll fall right into that pothole. Give yourself a twisted ankle or something. Next thing is this. Celebrate the wins you achieved. Celebrate the wins. In our house, sometimes we, we uh, you know, it, it's so crazy. Um, life is so busy. And it just, one thing adds on top of the other. You know what I'm talking about. It's just family life, right? You say, man, we just need a win. We just need a win. Right? Anybody ever said that? I just... Just need a win. Just need a win. And when that win comes, celebrate it. Celebrate the wins you, 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 you achieved this past year. There are times when the smallest victory brings the strength to take another step. Sometimes the smallest victory in life gives you the strength to take another step. Well, you know what? It is worth it. There is benefit. There is profit. God still wants to use me. God still wants to do something with me. In my marriage, there's still a spark. With your kids, there's still hope. Man, 
toughest thing is to raise kids, especially when they start to become a little distant and they, they, start, they, they stop listening to you because they have these things called minds and they make them their own and they start making decisions on their own. Michael came down, he, he put together uh, this robot that he got for Christmas and he put it together and it's not together completely correct, but it's together and he's so proud of it. And I didn't have the heart to say, you know what, I could have fixed it for him, but I have to let him accept and, and take that victory because he got all the pieces to fit together. And it, it, you turn it on and it twirls around. It doesn't go anywhere, but it twirls around. <laughs> Accept the wins, man. Accept the wins. Proverbs 9, 9 says, Instruct the wise and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and he will learn more. The wise will become wiser still. Why? Because they've had victories they've learned from and they've, they've celebrated them and they've continued to learn from them. Celebrate the wins you achieved. And lastly, keep moving forward no matter the uncertainty. Keep moving forward no matter the uncertainty. I remember several years ago, I kind of sticks out to me because it was so stark and so, I, I just, I never expected it. Had a, a mom and her son here at the church, had gone through some struggles and, and she came to me about around November and she said, January 1st, we're going to stop attending church. Like, well, are you moving? No. Do you mean you're going to another church? Nope. We've just decided that on January, it's like a New Year's resolution to stop going to church. Like, That doesn't make sense. And the reason was because life had become so hard and she had faced struggles and she figured that if she gave up church and she gave up her walk with the Lord, she wouldn't have to face those anymore. And I, you know, we talked and, and they followed through. Sure enough, first Sunday of January came along. They've never been back in church all these years. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward no matter what. No matter the uncertainty. I know that you know, we, we, we constantly go through transition in life. And your situations in life are constantly changing. And if you have children, if you have a job and you're advancing in your career, then changes are going to come and changes are always there. It's always a possibility in life. Let me challenge you with one thing. Don't ever let your commitment to Jesus Christ change. No matter what changes around you, no matter the hurricane that is going on around you, let your walk with Christ be the eye of the storm. Where it's calm and peaceful, beautiful blue sky, and it all makes sense. Philippians 3, verses 13 through 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Same way we started. I'm not there yet. I'm continuing to grow. Take the pressure of having to be what you expect yourself to be off. 
and give yourself some credit for the growth you've had this past year. Some of you I could sit down and we could talk and I could tell you, man, I see so much growth. I, I look at our church and, our, man, over the course of a year, our church has matured. Truly has. We have, we have some battle-hardened veterans in our church now that were here a year ago but endured this past year of struggle, of health challenges, of, of uh, relationships, of whatever it may be. Give yourself credit for enduring and commit that you're not going to walk away, that you're not going to give up, that Jesus Christ is going to be your portion no matter what comes your way. Lamentations 3, 22 and 24. We're going to close with this. I think this is just an amazing verse because, amazing passage, because every day brings a new challenge, right? Every day brings a new challenge. I know with people recovering from addiction, uh, one day at a time is their slogan, right? For those of us who, who struggle with eating, one day at a time, man, I ate good today. That may not sound like a big deal to a lot of people, but it sounds like a big deal to me. I made, I ate good today. I took care of myself today. I don't have to worry about tomorrow, yet. Tomorrow's got enough trouble. There's going to be Oreos in the stores tomorrow. <laughs> but I did it today, right? That's, did you know that that's biblical? Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Because, the, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Therefore, I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. We can boil it all down to that one passage. The Lord is my portion. I will hope in him. Every day, he gives you new strength. Every day, he gives you new grace. Every day, he gives you new opportunity. Every day, he gives you new power. Fresh oil, fresh fire. Every day to serve him. Now, let me challenge you with this. As you end out this year, look back and remind yourself. of Look, look at where you came from and look at where you are. And let that be, give you some determination in your heart to move forward with power, to move forward with certainty, to move forward with courage and say, I'm going to make this year better. I'm going to be better in 2020. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today, for the opportunity to look into your word. Lord, the opportunity to challenge ourselves to look back and learn. Father, sometimes we, we don't want to do that because we're, we're afraid to remember and remind ourselves. Lord, I pray that you'll give us the courage to remember. Give us, give us the courage to examine and the wisdom to learn from what we've been through, to build on what was built. And God, as we close out this year, let us close it out with purpose and determined to face this next year with power. Lord, bless those who are away from us. We have so many that are traveling. They'll be traveling back. Would you keep them safe, especially for the weather coming in? Watch over those who are sick. We have so many children that are sick today. Bring them good health. God, watch over this church. You've kept this church for a purpose. You've grown this church for a reason. And you've given us a call. God, may we put everything else behind us and push forward to what you have. And may we do so united and healthy. For it's in your precious name we pray and ask all these things.